PlayStation VR 2 has a price and date, and pre-orders start soon. Plus, Final Fantasy 16 claims medieval Europe only had white people in it. Tonight is November 6, 2022, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, uh, even if... Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. <laughs> wow, what, what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bobby? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwolf. Rocky flop. You'll always be my favorite floppers to beat. Anyway, anyway, I won't talk about now. I'm done. That was all I was going to say. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here, when the time changed, hopefully for the second to last time, uh, they got to get that Sunshine Protection Act through the House and and, and stuff. Anyway, uh Thank you so much for being here. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Uh, and uh, the time changed. We went, we exited daylight savings time into the crappy standard time, so the sun went down really early, and it was really bad and terrible, and I hated it. But I got an extra hours of sleep, but uh, it still sucked. And um, I, uh, uh, so, so thank you for being here. Uh, so if you did not change your clocks back here on the first weekend of November, this show is now an hour later than it used to be in about four months. It'll be an hour earlier. It'll yeah. Uh, and Tiger Hall says, fortunately, most of our devices change the time automatically. Yes, there, there, are, there are like two things in my house that don't change automatically because they're old, uh, and not connected to the internet and don't know what the day is. It just knows the time. And it's one of them's like the alarm next to my bed. Uh, and then the other one is like the the time that's on kind of our, our stove or on our oven. Excuse me. It's on our oven and microwave. And uh, I looked at it like I was getting my stuff, uh, you know, to, to bring up. And I looked over and I'm like, it said 846. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm an hour late. No, no. It, it, it even though I knew in my head, like I was on time. Um, Yeah. So, so yes. E3BL says still have to change the clocks around the house. I, my my wife changed the one down there because I freaked out because it was eight forty six. Um, and E three VL says need to upgrade to a smart TV. Uh, you don't need to upgrade to a smart TV. The problem is the next time you need a TV, it's going to be smart because they don't make dumb TVs anymore, unfortunately. And I'm that's why I'm resisting getting a new TV because I don't need a a smart TV. Um. So yeah, but uh, and and people in chat were asking, you know, are we, uh, you know. Uh, who's excited for God of War Ragnarok? That's coming out on Tuesday. Uh, and SJ Runner Matt also wants to, to mention if you are here in, in in America, Tuesday is is the midterm voting election day. Uh, vote or P. Diddy will kill you. Uh, I don't have that picture queued up, but there was uh, P. Diddy, uh, like when this show started, did uh, the vote or die campaign or something in like 2007. And so it's really vote or P. Diddy will kill you. Um, uh, and, uh, and that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm not going to say anything about who to vote for. Um, and I used to say, I don't care who you vote for. I actually do care, but I'm not going to tell you why and what that is. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're, we're going to just move on from that. But uh, yes, please, you know, if you haven't yet, hopefully, uh, you will make your voice heard, uh, if you, on Tuesday, if you have not already over the past week, but, um, I am tentatively next week uh, in two weekends. Excuse me, because next week I am not going to be here on on on, and neither is OLR. So we're going to be dark next Sunday. Uh, and uh, but, but in two weeks, I am tentatively going to be moderating at least one panel at DreamHack Atlanta. So DreamHack Atlanta is taking place at the Georgia World Congress Center. It is essentially an esports convention. Uh, in Europe, it is a LAN party. It's a huge LAN party gaming stuff. Uh, but here in America, it's more akin to an esports convention 
where and they even have like some major tournaments with major cash prizes in esports. They had Rocket League and Halo and and uh and and they had a League of Legends thing going on. They had a Smite thing going on. They had fighting game tournaments and all that stuff. Um so tentatively I'm going to be speaking on a panel there. They probably will not let me know until the middle of next week and since I'm not going to be here on this show in in a week uh I won't be able to tell you about it. And then the following week, it'll have already happened. I'll have video, and we'll, you know, I'll say this is what an esports convention looks like. So, uh, I uh, so I wanted to mention now that I am tentatively speaking at DreamHack Atlanta. Uh, I haven't gotten confirmation of that, and so I say tentatively because I uh, I don't know if I am or not. Um, I f- I filled out all these forms. I said, hey, these are panels I'm able to be moderating, uh, and I don't know what that's going to be. So you're going to have to find out somewhere else. Uh, I will post it to our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. That is where we are. Uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast feed, that is where you can find information throughout the week. Uh, I also would say I'm going to be posting it on social media, uh, but that's a very interesting landscape right now. Uh, and I figure I will, I, I am going to like spend a minute or two talking about that uh, because uh, obviously Twitter is... Uh, changed a lot in the last week. So, uh, and Breakman asks, have I made the Twitter exodus yet? No, I have not. Um, be, but I don't, I never really spent that much time on Twitter. Uh, I used it more to kind of let people know what was going on or, or give my thoughts on things, which I can also do here. Uh, but I will say, as somebody who's also a software developer, uh, I, I will say that uh, you really want to download your data if you do have a Twitter account, go into the settings and bat- you can get a uh, an archive of your data. And mine was almost one gig. It gives you every tweet, every direct message, every photo you've uploaded. It gives you an archive of everything you've put up there. And the reason I'm saying that is because one of the things that the new Twitter is going to be doing is dramatically reducing their infrastructure. And Twitter is not run on the cloud. They have their own cloud. The cloud is really just somebody else's computers. Uh, And in this sense, their cloud is they have the physical servers. Twitter runs their own data center, their own physical servers and all that stuff. And they've laid off a lot of people that do that. So the servers are running fine now, but eventually they're going to be either taking away servers or servers are going to be crashing. Uh, And that's just that's it's a cost cutting measure. So because they've there's a lot of debt now. Uh, saddled with the purchase of Twitter because there was a lot of debt with the banks um, to for, for the purchase to go through. So one of the ways they're cutting costs is they're, they're going to be cutting infrastructure, which means they could also be deleting old tweets. They may only have tweets going back a couple years. We don't know yet. But I do know that cutting infrastructure costs, which includes storage, is one of the things that they want to do. So you really want to back up uh, your data, and you can get a full thing of your data. It takes about 24 hours once you request it. I did it on Saturday, got it today. Uh, so you're going to want to do that. And uh, D5T says there's no viable clone yet. So I've already kind of started to uh, reserve my name on some other things. Uh, so cohost.org, I've reserved Bobby Blackwolf on. And uh, that I'm not going to be able to post there for like three weeks because they only like activate 1,000 users a day. And I'm like in the queue and there's like 12,000 people ahead of me and they only activate people on weekdays. So it's going to be a couple of weeks before I can post over at cohost.org. But I met Bobby Blackwolf over there. Um, and th- that one is looks kind of interesting, but it's very small scale, which is what Twitter was in 2007 when I started. And I looked through my archive and looked at my earliest tweets. And man, I was a totally different person. Um and then uh, Mastodon is another one that a lot of people are going to. And Mastodon's really interesting because uh, it reminds me of old BBSs. So Mastodon, and I, once, I, once I got this in my head, I'm like, oh, I completely get it. So Mastodon is a decentralized social network. Uh, they call them federated servers, but anybody can run a federated servers, and they have the Fediverse is what they call the, that stuff. And this is very analogous in the in late 80s and early 90s to BBSs and their relationship with a, with a, uh, a network called Fidonet. And what Fidonet was, was a all the BBSs would then pool all the messages, and you could talk to anybody on any other BBS that was on Fidonet. So you could talk to more than just the people on your local BBS. And a federated server, you have your local people on your local server, but you can also talk to anybody on any other uh, uh, 
server uh mastodon federated server uh as long as your server did not ban that server so at the server level at your server could ban other servers so you can't see them they can't see you but then you can talk to anybody else in mastodon so that's uh, that's kind of an interesting concept uh and it's also completely open source the the source code and so anybody can run mastodon in fact some of the uh, other social networks that showed up on the App Store were built on top of Mastodon, and uh, but that's kind of interesting. But the the instance that Mastodon social that people are on, they're not accepting any new accounts, and so I'd have to find a um of one of those federated servers that maybe ha- is kind of like the bubble that I want to be in. Maybe like if there is a gaming podcaster or, or Twitch streamer or something like that to have the local bubble of people that, you know, we would see all our own stuff, but then, you know, obviously you can talk to other people. So that's the idea of Mastodon. Really reminds me of BBSs and Fidonet. You would log into your old local BBS. You would have the local people on that BBS, but you could also talk in message boards that would go out on on Fidonet, and any BBS in the country or the world that was hooked into Fidonet would get those messages. And it was not real time, obviously. Uh, Essentially, the BBS would call out, like, at 3 in the morning, to another BBS to download and upload messages and stuff. So it was not instantaneous communication back then, but it's the same kind of deal here. So, uh, and, uh, and there, I, there's probably others, but uh, there's not really another big alternative. And really the reason that I was on Twitter and put up with Twitter is because that's where everybody was. And so if I wanted to see things probably from people I didn't know about in the gaming industry. I was able to, you know, really curate it and not see too much of, of the other crap. Uh, Twitter was where everybody was. And now that everybody's kind of getting scattered to the winds, it really depends on where everybody lands. Uh, and and I don't know if that's co-host or if it's a Mastodon server or if there's going to be something coming out uh, from from Twitter. Either of you says, I'm just on Twitter for video game deals. Well, then look for wherever Wario 64 goes. So, uh, and SJR and Matt does say, speaking of a social space that doesn't suck, we have a general chat now on the VOG Discord where we can talk about any and all the things. Come say hi. Thank you so much for that, Matt. Uh, yeah, we did some, we turned our Discord server into a community server, which means we can, like, have, like, an events tab. But, and also we were able to make an announcements tab. So our bot that spams, like, whenever, like, a new podcast episode goes up or something, we moved that to an announcement channel. And so the general chat channel can now actually be used for, for general things. Uh, and I'll probably post it on Twitter, but you may not see it because I'm not going to be paying to get verified. And uh, one of the things they're going to be doing is that anybody who's not verified gets really, like, pushed down. And uh, only people who are verified and, and have Twitter blue, they're going to be at the top of your feed. And you're going to have to scroll really, really, really far to find anything that somebody who didn't pay the 8 bucks uh, is going. And I don't see the value in paying 8 bucks a month. Uh, I don't have a check mark now. Don't need a check mark. Uh, or anything, but they are going to eventually be kind of like silencing what I post on Twitter, uh, unless I pay the eight dollars a month. And I'm I'm personally not going to be doing it. Uh, I don't care if you do or not. Uh, but that is not something that is a worthwhile investment for me. And Fifth Ream says, just switch to latest tweets until they turn that off. So uh, that is a tentative thing. DreamHack Atlanta tentatively will be in two weeks, and I'll be speaking probably on Saturday is going to be a panel. And I'm moderating a panel. I'm not really speaking on a panel, but I'm going to be moderating a panel. But uh, I will definitely be something at in January uh, online only. But, um, yeah, I got to la- a couple hours after we went off the air, like during OLR, uh, I got the, uh, got the email that I will be, uh, hosting again at awesome games done quick 2023 online. It is an online event. I am not traveling anywhere. Uh, it's going to be the second week of January. I want to say like the ninth through the sixth, 8th through the 16th or 17th, some, something like that. Some, somewhere in there. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to be once again, a host, I am going to be hosting a couple speed runs. We're going to be raising money for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Uh, We're going to raise probably close to $3 million. It's going to be great, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I look forward to to, uh, hanging out with some people virtually again uh, backstage uh, that that have been part of GDQ. This is now – I've been doing this since summer of 2020. So this is my sixth event. 
Uh, one of them was in person. That was great. Uh, but this one's not in person. It's going to be, um, it's going to be online only. Uh, and we talked about in a previous episode why that is. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be hosting yet. Um, none of the runners or none of the runs or anything really spoke to me. Uh, in terms of like things that I was like, hey, you know, maybe get me this one that would be cool, but uh, we're gonna see. Uh, I, there, there's the Yakuza Kiwami run uh, by somebody else, somebody I haven't met, so I don't know if they're gonna want me on that or not because uh, it's not Froob. Froob kind of retired from Yakuza speed running at GDQ, uh, but um, we're gonna. It'll be kind of fun. It'll be fun. Um, I know uh, when I was on OLR, so if you listen to Orange Launch Radio last week, I actually called in to talk about this because I literally just got the email. Uh, they were like, get the Final Fantasy fourteen run. And I'm like, there's going to be so many hosts that have more seniority than I do uh, that are going to want that Final Fantasy fourteen run uh, because they're running one of the, the raid dungeons solo. Uh, and, and it's for Final Fantasy fourteen is a big meme in the community because they had the they were one of the sponsors for the longest time and you could get you know it had a free trial uh, and you can do everything up to level 15 this whole meme about the critically acclaimed mmo final Fantasy. so i wouldn't be able to get that one even if i wanted it um so uh i'm looking very much looking forward to being a part of awesome games done quick 2023 there were 112 auditions and they accepted 22 hosts and i was one of the top 22 22 so People are still talking about uh, Twitter, and um, Tiger Claw says wherever the community goes, we'll be there. Kind of like when Fog moved to Discord after IRC. Trust me, that needed to happen, uh, and that was one of the best things we did was was embrace Discord. And hey, Discord with our community server now that we have on Discord, we can get forums again because we can actually have forums with posts and and stuff. We can actually do that again because uh, we also got rid of our forums on our because I didn't want to update that that stuff um questbuster says i'm on twitter mostly for offbeat stuff like uh yuzo koshiro's occasional chiptune post old japanese game commercials or art and questbuster also shares like a lot of stuff from like old games and it's really awesome to see and i'm like man i wish more people saw this stuff discoverability is not that great on on twitter uh, S. Sheridan Matt says, what about the awful or funny games blocker? Those are highly requested blocks. So going back to AGDQ, um, you'd be surprised. Yes, there are a lot of people that would love to do games in the awful uh, awful block. It is the awful block in, in AGDQ. It's the silly block in SGDQ. A-S, get it? Um, however, I have kind of decided to say, you know what? I think my time of being available for these graveyard shifts is at an end. So I actually did request not to be working any of the overnights. And the awful block is during an overnight. They usually do it starting at like midnight going to like 7 a.m. Eastern time. Which means if I was going to host any of the awful block, it would be at like 3 or 4 in the morning. And since I'm going to be uh, at work during the day, like I'm not taking PTO off from work, I really don't think I need to be staying up half the night because I got to work that. So, um, so yeah, so I, I could request the awful block, but I really, I, I'm, I didn't this time. And there are a lot of people that really actually do request the awful block because they think it's hilarious. So, and as Sharon Matt says, you did your part and got the Wanda Gamelon incentive a few GDQs uh, ago anyway. But yes, I, w- I've been the lead into the awful block before, uh, but I haven't done the actual awful block itself. So, uh, so I probably won't be doing it this year because I said, please don't schedule me in the middle of the night because I probably can't do that. And I probably shouldn't do that. So, uh, let's get into, uh, the news that came out this week. This was, uh, some news that was given to us on our discord server as well. So that's one of the things I do is I, uh, check the discord server for what people want to talk about. Uh, and especially now that my, you know, one of the places I would see news stories is Twitter. And if Twitter is going to kind of change, if the clientele and the people that are on Twitter are going to change, it's going to hard, make it a little bit harder for me to figure out what people are actually talking about, but we'll figure it out just like we figured it out in the past. It's no big deal. I'm not complaining about that or anything, but PlayStation VR two, we've talked about this. It's time to talk about VR. 
Uh, over the past several months, the PlayStation blog introduced PlayStation VR 2 and provided glimpses into the next generation of virtual reality gaming, which will allow you to escape into new worlds while feeling a groundbreaking sense of immersion. This is from the PlayStation blog. They are now announcing, they announced on the 2nd of November, uh, that it is officially launching February 22nd, 2023. Uh, the PlayStation VR 2 Sense controller charging station designed specifically for the PSVR 2 Sense controller will also launch on the same day. So here's what it's going to be. Uh, the PlayStation VR 2 is going to be 549 US dollars or 599 euros, 529 pounds or 74,980 yen. Uh, that, is the, uh, that is the suggested retail price. This includes the PSVR 2 headset, PSVR 2 sense controllers, and stereo headphones. Now, the Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle, which includes a PlayStation Store voucher code for Call of the Mountain. No disc. Remember, physical discs. They just have installers now anyway. So it's just the code. Uh, that's going to be $599 US dollars. So basically, it's 50 bucks for Horizon Call of the Mountain. Uh, 649 euros, 569 pounds, and 79,980 yen. That includes Call of the Mountain and everything above. And then there is also the PSVR2 Sense Controller Charging Station, which allows you to charge the Sense Controller through a simple click-in design without having to connect to a PS5 console, freeing up the USB ports. That is going to be 49.99 US dollars, or 50 euros, 40 pounds or 5,480 yen. So that's what they're going to be uh, releasing on February 22nd. So during the initial launch phase for the next-gen headset, players in the U.S., U.K., France, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, and Luxembourg will initially be able to pre-order PlayStation VR 2 solely through PlayStation's online store at direct.playstation.com. Pre-orders will begin on November 15th, and players may begin to register for pre-orders starting on the 2nd. Orders from direct.playstation.com from PlayStation VR 2 headsets and bundles will ship throughout the week of launch. In other markets, PSVR 2 will be sold at partic- uh, participating retailers with pre-orders beginning on November 15th. Um, so that uh, so basically you can sign up and enter the lottery to be able to order a PSVR 2. Uh, and ZenMonkey says, ah, it's only for PS5. I'm good then. Yes, the PSVR 2 only works on PlayStation 5. Uh, the PSVR 1 um, really only works on the PS4, but it works for, with the PS4 emulation on PS5, which is why it works there, too. But no PS5 games are going to work with the PSVR 1, and no PS4 games are going to work on the PSVR 2. Yeah, S. Jeronimat says, Doing a press release for announcing the price and date was the right move. We all knew the price was going to sting. Dropping the price in the blog softened the blow and avoided a possible $599 US moment. And uh, E3Reveal says, I'm on the fence. Depends on what the want- launch window looks like. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm trying to debate on if I'm going to to get it. Uh, and I'm I was like looking up stuff about, uh, you know, when when that and I'm looking at my calendar right now because I'm like, which day is the 15th? OK, so so the 15th is next Tuesday. So uh, I actually won't be in town. And it's going to be one of those lottery things where it's like, all right, here it is, and you have 24 hours to pre-order it, and I'm not going to be uh, around to if if I win the lottery. So I probably will not be getting a PlayStation VR 2 at launch uh, because I will not be around. I will not be available to be able to pre-order it on the day. Um, so uh, I probably won't be here for that. I, that probably will not be happening uh, for me. So you won't see me talking about the PSVR 2 at launch. Uh, just like you're not seeing me talk about the Sega Gen- uh, the Sega Genesis Mini 2 or whatever they're calling it, uh, because it's still being shipped, even though uh, I'm, I may or may not be bitter that SSJ100 Matt's shipped a day after mine, and he got his a couple days ago. I'm not bitter at all. SJ when I'm at does also say announcing this in a blog instead of a state of play probably reduce the chances of it leaking and control the story, because it seems like whenever there's a talk of a state of play, stuff leaks. This is true. Um... Paleonimea says, I got my request in for PSVR 2. Uh, I'm consider- I'm thinking about it. I'm considering it. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if I want to try to swing it, because I'm going to be uh, out on vacation on the 15th of November. 
apparently they're going to be making enough of these. They're looking at having a big production run. They claim that the supply chain problems uh, have kind of have been resolved for the most part, at least in this sector. Uh, and we're kind of seeing that a little bit in the tech sector. The, a lot of the supply chain problems are, have been resolved at, at a supply chain level. However, there are companies that are trying to ride the, oh, there's supply chain problems train uh, and uh, to charge more money. And uh, so really, realistically, a lot of the supply chain, a lot of it's been fixed. There's still a ways to go, but a lot of it's been fixed. So they, cl- they believe that they can actually make 2 million PlayStation VR 2 units uh, very quickly, which would be good. And uh, E3VLS, is the demand high, though? I, I would think it is. I would think it is. You want to know what else is in high demand? Uh, it's Apple wanting to uh, invent AR and, and VR, because this is what we wait for. Um, Apple constantly invents new technology. Now, you got to realize this technology is not new, uh, they, per se, it's technology that their competitors may have done for years, but once Apple invents it, then it becomes mainstream and everybody loves it. And if you're a big Apple, Apple fanboy, you're probably bristling at that, but you got to realize the Microsoft surface was the first handheld tablet. Bill Gates held it up on stage in like the late nineties and everybody was like, whatever, that's terrible. Steve Jobs holds up an iPad seven years later. Everybody says it's miraculous and it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And and he's 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 a genius. Uh, and Apple invents the tablet, and then the tablet becomes mainstream. And then other companies were able to release tablets that were then accepted. Uh, so Apple inventing AR and VR will finally get AR and VR in the mainstream and it will get in the hands of mainstream people instead of just the type of people that it is right uh it's with right now so they're still on the way of doing this so mobilegamer.biz reports that mobile game developer playdo has effectively closed after apple swooped in to hire two of its three co-founders uh, several sources told them that uh, Playdio's Jack Schultz and Timo Arnall are now working at Apple, likely on mixed reality projects. The studio's other co-founder, Nick Ludlum, has not joined the tech, and, uh, tech giant yet. One source described the move as an aqua hire, but according to company's house filings, Playdio remains an active company. It is currently in the hands of its investors and no longer employs any staff. So it exists in name and IP only. Uh, however, the fi- uh, filings do confirm that the co-founders Schultz, Arnall, and Ludlum resigned as Playdio directors in March of 2022, and that the company's debts were settled around the same time. It's 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 away. It's going away. This is not the first time Apple has hired Playdio staff. Avo design lead and former Utso Games developer Jonathan Topf moved to Apple in May of 2019. Topf works in the design and prototyping team in Cupertino, according to his LinkedIn profile. Basically, they're they're trolling these people, or they're looking at these people's LinkedIn profiles and seeing that it's changing. And that's what they're reporting on. Playdio cite that the studio makes mixed reality production easy and explains a little bit of its game making process. They say, quote, we use our own camera software built on Apple's AR kit that allows us to instantly record an experiment with game mechanics mapped into recorded video, as well as making remote production and instant editing possible. On both Avo and Mystery Coast, the entire set and all props and objects were 3D scanned in order to add depth to video. When brought together in the Unity game engine, they allow game creators, mechanics, and interactions, uh, make game characters, mechanics, and interactions to sit and operate comfortably and convincingly in the 3D world, unquote. So, Avo, um, I looked it up, and uh, and I forgot to get the video set up here uh, for the Twitch audience, but Avo, it's it's a mixed reality game, but not in your reality. It's it's actually kind of, it's kind of interesting, what Avo did with the iPhone is that they actually there's like a little game character and you do control the game character, uh, and it's kind of like you would have like an, an an augmented reality thing like you would control this avocado. That's what I, so I guess it's Avo. Um, so this uh, this avocado with googly eyes uh, walking around, and uh, you would think, oh, well, I'm going to control it on my table. Well, no, you're actually controlling it on there in this video. And they do these interesting, like, mixed reality tricks with, like, multiple camera angles, but it's doing all the stuff that you told it to do. So it's it was kind of a very interesting concept of, uh, of what they were doing because it was mixed reality, but it wasn't your reality. 
it was it it's it's this reality that they filmed and they have an actress that's talking to you and and talking to this little avocado but so it's a full motion video game with augmented reality things so it was kind of interesting uh and they built all this on top of Apple AR kit and which is probably why Apple wants them to uh wants them uh on their team so they can build this stuff for Apple internally uh, but they talked about how they've like they 3D mapped everything in the room so you can interact with them and uh, you know the little avocado can you know looks like he's living in the world and the camera can pan around and stuff. It, it's actually kind of it's kind of interesting what they what they did with it. It was kind of interesting. Um, so uh, Fifth Dream says now we need to uh, have uh, AR Katamari Damacy that rolls up things actually in the room. I don't know how we would do that, but we can try that. The Breakman says, well, let's be honest. When Microsoft makes something, we know it's going to break, whereas Apple was known as making solid hardware. Uh, not that I disagree with your point. Microsoft does good stuff, I and, and you don't see it a lot because a lot of their consumer-focused stuff, except for, like, the Xbox, hasn't done so well. But they are very much rock-solid in, like, server technology and some business software and stuff like that, which a lot of people that listen to this podcast probably don't interact with. Um, all the developers I know use a Microsoft uh, coding solution. They use Visual Studio Code um, because it's really the best one out there. Microsoft does make some good stuff, but so so does Apple. S. Jerry Matt says, still feels like we're a few years away from an actual, uh, actual VR AR device. It sounds kind of like they're still in the R&D process. They probably are. Uh, and that's why they're slowly scaling up the team as they get further in that R&D process and determine how what direction they want to go. They shut down a mobile game studio and brought them all in-house. So the other story that uh, I wanted to mention uh, concerns a game that's going to be coming out for the PS5, play, uh, Final Fantasy 16. And this was kind of interesting how this, this, uh, this came about and, and what, what they're signifying here. Uh, Video Games Chronicle reports that Final Fantasy 16 producer Naoki Yoshida, which is somebody I know we don't are not supposed to disparage in these parts because Final Fantasy XIV is amazing. Has, uh, but uh, Yoshi P said that the game's medieval Europe setting placed constraints on the range of characters that could realistically be included in the RPG. Uh, discussing the difficult question of character diversity in an interview with IGN, Yoshida acknowledged his comments might be disappointing for some readers. Uh, trailers released for the game to date have mostly featured white characters, and Yoshida was asked whether fans can ex- expect to see a more diverse cast, including black characters or people of color, in the final game. Uh, he said, quote, Our design concept from the earliest stages of development has always heavily featured medieval Europe, incorporating historical, cultural, political, and anthropological standards that were prevalent, uh, prevalent at the time. When deciding on a setting that was best suited to the story we wanted to tell, the story of a land beset by the blight, we felt that rather create uh, than create something on a global scale, it was necessary to limit the scope to a single landmass, one geographically and culturally isolated from the rest of the world in an age without airplanes, television, or telephones. There are still boats. Boats still exist. Due to the isolated nature of the game setting, which is Valisea, Yoshida claimed it could not realistically be as diverse as the real world or even other Final Fantasy games that play out across a variety of locations. He said, quote, Ultimately, we felt that while incorporating ethnic diversity into Valathea uh, was important, an over-incorporation into this simple, single corner of a much larger world could end up causing a violation of those narrative boundaries we originally set for ourselves. The story we are telling is fantasy, yes, but it is also rooted in reality, unquote. No, it's it's fantasy. There's 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 nothing real about Moogles. I'm sorry. Because the game enables players to experience themes of conflict, struggle, and oppression through realistic battles, Yoshida also claimed that, quote, it can be challenging to assign distinctive ethnicities to either antagonist or protagonist without triggering audience preconceptions, inviting unwarranted speculation, and ultimately stoking flames of controversy. In the end, we simply want the focus to be less on the outward appearance of our characters and more on who they are as people— People who are complex and diverse in their natures, backgrounds, beliefs, personalities, and motivations. People whose stories we can resonate with. There is diversity in Valisea. Diversity that, while not all-encompassing, is synergistic with the setting we've created and is true to the inspirations from which we are drawing, unquote. 
And also previously he uh, mentioned that it's going to use British English only in its in its uh, text and no American accents in order to channel the game's medieval Europe setting. It's not medieval Europe. It's not even Earth. So Prince Peach Fuzz says so fantasy game, but not fantasy. Yes, correct. It, they 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 want they want it to be fantasy, but also reality and for, because reasons. And as Sharon and Matt says, it's a fantasy game with fantasy creatures, monsters, magic, and materia. Why are they suddenly trying to keep it historical? And Questbuster says, then you have games like Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which has an incredibly diverse cast, just with everyone speaking in English accents and, and British accents and stuff like that. Which, you know what? There's incredibly diverse people in, in the United Kingdom, and they all have that same accent because that's what they were grown up listening to. And Dark Tatsia says, I know Final Fantasy has had a hard time with this sort of thing. I can only think of like three characters in 16 games. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, they've tried, but not, not, probably not as much as people expect in 2022. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, we were able to over, kind of overlook it and it wasn't brought up uh, back in, you know, 2007, 2008, 2010, 2013, whenever those games came out. But, um, it's 2022 now, and so the audience, there a good portion of the audience that's getting a little bit louder, is wanting more, uh, wanting a little more res- representation in it. Uh, and I believe somebody else, uh, Questbuster says, I'm still convinced Saz and his son were the last black people in c- Cocoon uh, in uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen. And as Sharon Amant says, rooted in reality, still waiting on that real world Sephiroth to come uh, summon the meteor to destroy various planets just to do a basic attack. Because we that is because this does not play take place on Earth. This this takes place on one of the planets that would be destroyed by Sephiroth to do his basic attack on on another on another planet in a galaxy far far away. That that's where we are. And Questbuster does say the voice acting in Xenoblade Chronicles Three is also really really good. And I hope I hope that they got paid. And as Sherman says, I guess we should blame uh, Ifrit. Instead of uh, global warming, next time we get a heat wave in December, my AC kicked back on today, and I was like, "Man, I was, you know, I guess we are, we we hit false fall, and now we're in like third summer here where I am." Mishkin says people just want someone that is like them. I noticed they're actually putting deaf characters in games now, which I think is really cool. Um, and and I I think because we're getting more people of more diverse backgrounds into the design process. Uh, and, and or maybe people that have uh, have experiences with other people who uh, have some of these challenges in life. I hate to say it's a challenge, but, you know, because they have adapted. A lot of deaf people have adapted. Um, you know, it's, it's nice that uh, that's why we're getting a lot of this more representation because they're putting them in. Uh, Moss, a PlayStation VR game, Ma- and Moss 2 is out as well. Uh, the little mouse actually communicates with American Sign Language. Uh, so this, the mouse doesn't speak, but they, the mouse will communicate with you in American Sign Language. So if you can actually read sign language, you can actually uh, see, hear what the mouse is saying. But, like, they don't translate it for the rest of us. And uh, the Breakman says, just remember, it's not pollution that's ruining our oceans. It's Leviathan. Yes, it's 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 always been Leviathan. Uh, Questbusters, Questbuster is suddenly interested in Moss 2. Moss 1 did it as well. Because uh, I do remember um, in Moss 1... And these are both VR only games, so you better have a VR headset. Um, but I think I think it's even on the quest too, so you, you'd be able to get it there. But like when you would do something, so Moss, it's uh, you're kind of like the overlord, like so you're you're kind of like the big spirit above, and you manipulate the environment so Moss, the, the little mouse, can get across the environment. And you will do things, and like the, the mouse will look up at you, and then when you do something, they'll will actually sign thank you. And I, I'm, I know that's a T, I know, I know my, the T, uh, but I don't know the rest of the word, but they would basically sign thank you, uh, up and, and then continue on. And so there, there is some things that, that is communicated through sign language. And it was one of the things that they were really proud of doing. And Michigan says there's a, watching a video on the new Overwatch character, uh, and she actually uses Japanese sign language and not American sign language. So... I'm glad we're seeing that, but Final Fantasy 16 is not going to have that because apparently um, nobody has boats in medieval Europe. 
On that note, we're going to take a quick music break. Uh, if you want to call in about something, we have not uh, adopted guest star yet. Um, so the the Twitch guest star feature. Uh, so maybe by the end of the year, we will activate that and try that out and see if I can get that working uh, with this setup. So uh, you're going to have to join our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. You're going to see a green room voice chat channel underneath network show channels. Uh, hop in there. I can see you sometime during the music break, and then I will pull you into an on-the-air room, uh, and you can, uh, and then we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about in uh, the gaming industry. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show here in the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. I want to ride my chocobo all day. <sighs> Can't get it out of my head! Hey, this is Robbie Damon, the voice of all your favorite anime and video games, and you are participating with the Bobby Black Wolf Show. Have fun, baby! This sounds like you're having fun. Yeah, we're having fun. Thank you so much for that. That was uh, Dragon Con 2019, back when... You know, we could actually do that. And uh, I'd love to have some new bumpers from uh, you, you don't have to have voiced in, in a video game. Um, but, uh, yeah, just contact me somehow on some one of these places. And uh, all I need is either an MP3 file if you just want to do audio of just your voice uh, or a video file with just your voice. I will choose the DMCA violation to put behind it. And uh, and uh, then it can be a part of the show. And so I'm not doing the same stuff that I've been doing for years and years and years and years. So, uh, so yeah, so thank you so much for, for that and uh, being a part of the show, even if you don't do that. It is, uh, it is much appreciated. So far, nobody yet is in the green room at last I checked. Um, so, but but uh, I know that a lot of, uh, of stuff is going to be coming out, I, I believe. Uh, so God of War Ragnarok, I believe, is coming out soon. The reviews have been great so far uh, for that because the embargo went up early. Uh, and that's how you know that a game publisher is, is confident in their game is that they let all the reviews come out a week ahead of time. Uh, so you kind of know that it's looking pretty good. Am I picking it up? No, because I did get the, the God of War, the 2018 God of War. I wouldn't say the original God of War cause that's on PlayStation two, but the God of War, the current Christopher judges Kratos God of War. And I haven't really played through it that much. So I kind of probably need to do that. Uh, before going through the second one, uh, same as um, sa- same as uh, why I haven't gotten Horizon uh, Forbidden West because I haven't beaten Horizon Zero Dawn yet, and I probably should do that. And it's not due to lack of desire; it's just uh, time. I just haven't had the time, even though I know those games are only like ten to twenty hours. It's still ten to twenty hours. S. Jaron or Matt does say that the Weird Al movie came out. Uh, anyone see it yet? Uh, so I did see it Friday. Uh, we had a little watch party. I've got a little. I've got a. I've got a 4K home theater in the basement. Uh, so we had a friend come over and we did watch it. Um, one thing that I was very surprised at was not about the movie itself, but this is just a fair warning that uh, because they don't tell you this, but really I should have assumed this was the case. But we have a 4K Roku, so that's what I moved down there, uh, and they do really good job of like the first like most like 45 minutes to an hour of the movie. Um, you know, you're watching the movie, watching the movie, and then bam, two minutes of ads. And then about every five minutes for the rest of the movie, it's there's more ads. And they're unskippable and stuff. But that's what you get for it being on a free service. You don't need a Roku to watch it. You just go to the RokuChannel.com, I believe, and you can watch the movie there. So uh, it, it it was actually, it was really fun. Um, it was, it's obviously a very 100% real, authentic uh, biopic with 100% real, true facts. Uh, about everything, and I, I, I distinctly remember all that, uh, everything, the, the the drunken rants, and the I just I did I I didn't know how we would recover as a society after after that song theft um, that 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 was so clearly uh, it's all all very clearly true uh, in the movie. So, uh, um, so yes, and uh, Fifth Dream says ad blockers work on a lot of the night sites. I saw no ads. So if you watch from your uh, desktop, you might be able to get away with that. If you're actually using a Roku, a 4K Roku, like it, you can't really install an ad blocker on on those. Uh, Sherman Matt asked, "Did you get the soundtrack yet?" I listened to it on Spotify. Um, so, but don't 
look it up until you've seen the movie because like the soundtrack itself spoils the movie. So, um, so just, just, just be aware of, of that. Um, so, but no, I, I enjoyed the movie. It was, uh, it was just enough of the silliness of the, uh, and it's, it's a parody of musical biopics. That's what it is. Uh, and, uh, I, I really liked some of the nuggets of truth that were in there. And then there was, you know, all the cameos in this one big scene. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely like this takes place in a different universe. It's another multiverse film, I guess. Uh, but, uh, but I really did, I, I did enjoy it. And, uh, I think it is, it is worthy of a watch. If you are a fan of what Weird Al does to songs, that's what he did with this movie. Yeah, and Tiger Claw says you can view it on Android TV if you have the Roku Android app, and then you Google cast it. Yes, there there are ways to get it, uh, to watch it. You do not need to own a Roku. There is no streaming service uh, that has it. Now, they do say this is a limited time engagement, which means maybe it is then going to maybe be released, hopefully, as a, a, a Blu-ray. Uh, I'd love to get this on, on Blu-ray uh, and have it, and then there won't be the ads. But yeah. Uh, and the Breakman says, ooh, new music. Yes, there there is one new song. Uh, that he wrote. Uh, he re-recorded a bunch of songs, I guess, so they could use them in the movie. Uh, so he re-recorded a lot of his old ones so they could have a new master backing track and split it out for, for movie purposes. Uh, but he did write one new song, but realize that new song completely spoils the movie uh, because it's the end credit song. He wrote a new end credit song. It's not a parody of anything. It's a style parody. Um, so just realize that you're going to run into that. Uh, so don't listen to the song until you've seen the movie, unless you don't mind being spoiled about the movie. And uh, Rob Rogers said he had to write a new song so he can be Oscar eligible. And yes, and uh, spoiler alert, in that song, he actually mentions that it is technically ed- eligible for an Oscar. Uh, Tyreclaw says no post credit scene. Oh, there's to- there's no post credits. There's a mid credit scene, though. So coming up next here on the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. Uh, and we like to check in with them and see what's going on over there. So, uh, Sacramento, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Oh, now I'm hearing myself echo. So hopefully it's not echoing back to you. Uh-oh. That might be my own problem, but no worries. I'll deal with it. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah. so like my, my stuff updated and, uh, you know, I uh, like... When when that happens, like Windows updates, it like changes all my audio settings. So I'm like trying to get everything back. So I don't know if it's doing something, but um, but yeah. So um, h- how you doing, Rob? I I'm doing well. How are you? I don't know if you're looking at my video right now. Oh, uh, I'm not. Oh, did you get your? Oh, you got your score back. Look at you. It took me about two hundred games. Only 200 games, but uh, but yeah. So uh, I finally took back my high score on my rush table. Good. Rob, Rob is now number two. Now I can stop hearing you complain about it so much. <laughs> well, you still have my Tron score, so you know that'll. I need to put 200 games in on Tron to beat your Tron score. All right, fair enough. So um, uh, I know you're going to be talking a little bit about uh the Final Fantasy 16 stuff, or I think you are. You're going to be talking a little bit about the Final Fantasy 16 stuff, and I know I know Yoshi P has done a lot of good things uh with Final Fantasy 14. But what are what are your kind of knee jerk reactions, kind of leading into what you're going to be expanding on, probably uh, on um, what he said about Final Fantasy 16. I want to try not to spoil too much because I have a pretty succinct way to put my thoughts. So I'll mm-hmm. just kind of leave you with that tease. However, I will say. Um, be careful about canceling Yoshi P. I'm not going to defend what he said, but I think to focus all of your energy on him would be very short-sighted to what the real problem is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. All right. Um, so, so yeah. So, uh, I guess, you know, we're, neither of us are going to be here next week. No, so we're I'm out on a personal vacation. I don't even really have a good excuse except a break is necessary once in a while yeah and i'm also going out on a vacation with with people going you know going to a cabin in the woods uh so that which is why i won't be able to get or order the playstation vr2 because i'm not sure i'm going to be able to if i win the lottery so 
So we'll see. That it just means I won't get it until you know later than February. So uh, what else are you going to be talking about on Orange Lounge Radio tonight ahead of your uh, your week off? Uh, we'll talk about a port of a game that defined a generation, literally coming out for Switch. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we'll also talk about a new Hideo Kojima game that leaked, and you know these leaks are happening all the time. But this one's really strange. Yeah. All right. Orange Lounge Radio is up next when we are all looking for new social media homes. Uh, I'm sure trying to find the next big thing. Let me know if you find something good. I'm a fan of that co-host so far, but the you kind of said it earlier. It just depends where the people go. Wherever yeah. Lady Gaga makes an account, that's where to go. Yeah. I probably have like two weeks before they're going to let me post on co-host. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see what it's I like later. I guess I got in before all that went yeah. wired because it only took me about a day. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I did it like late Friday, and they only activate accounts on the weekdays. Mm. So we'll we'll see how that number changes on Monday because I'm like twelve thousand people in line ahead of me. So anyway, Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next. Uh, I will be back in two weeks. Excuse me, two weeks on Sunday night. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Join us live and interact with the show directly. And by then, I will have what we'll be having on the ne- in that show. Uh, I will have video from DreamHack Atlanta because uh, even if I'm not speaking, I'm probably going to go anyway. So I'll have video from DreamHack Atlanta so you can see what an esports convention looks like, which also was the same video that I showed the first time we streamed on Twitch. Because uh, I went to DreamHack in 2018, and it was in November, and we came on de- December of 2018. I'm like, here's all the video I took. So you're going to see that. But also, I should have the Genesis Mini 2. Uh, the Sega Genesis Mini 2 is supposed to arrive on Thursday. Uh, it It is in America now. It had to come from Japan. Uh, but it must, should. they are claiming it's going to get here on November 10th. So I will then have it. Uh, I may stream it on Twitch before I leave because I don't go on vacation till Saturday. Uh, so I may be streaming on Thursday night with it. I don't know. Uh, but uh, but I will also have my impressions of that device in two weeks here on the show. As Jordan Matt says, two weeks, we'll see what the world is like. I know it's going to be. Uh, I'm not changing anything about this show in two weeks. So this will be this will be your 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 spot of normalcy and your spot of, of defaultness, I guess. Anyway, I'm going to hit the button and get out of here. Uh, take care of yourself. And uh, everything's going to work out some way or another. And uh, if you have to move your online presence outside of Vogue, uh, trust me, it's possible. I've done it multiple times. I'll see you next uh, two weeks. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network. People who need to hire new voiceover guys. Or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.